Hockey season is coming up, and that means new merch over at ourdragonsmerch.com. Get the latest designs and some of our fun new souvenirs ahead of what's sure to be a great 22-23 hockey season. Celebrate another season of River Dragons hockey coming up by getting a new look to wear on game days, or surprise the big-time sports fan in your life with a new keepsake that will make them a River Dragons fan for life. Order online right now at ourdragonsmerch.com. That's the letter R, dragonsmerch.com. We'll see you at the rink in November. Hello, everyone, to another episode of Two Minutes Roughing. I'm, of course, your host, Minor League Rando. Joined by me this week is... Uh, welcome to the Sleepy Time Podcast. I'm I'm Prospector. Now, now, Mark, tell everyone what happened. When I, just, I literally woke up like 20 minutes ago. And I, tell everyone what, what the time it is currently. It is about 12.35 p.m. central i and what time we're supposed to record (laughs) well here's the thing here's the thing we're supposed to record at noon so it's not as that bad to be fair it's not that bad it's only like 15 minutes difference between when we're supposed to record when i woke up the biggest issue though is like the last several days i have hardly gotten much sleep and then today probably also probably because it's like been raining all morning my body's just like hey guess what hey guess what you're gonna sleep and you're gonna sleep a lot. Ah, uh, anyway, because uh, your body eventually does catch up on that sleep, and decided today was that day. Of course, yes, it does. Well, speaking of things that uh, we kind of need to catch up on, the major one, of course, out this week out of Columbus. I mean, a big one for a lot of Columbus fans. Uh, Justin Schmidt, he is out of Columbus. He has been traded to the Elmira uh, Mammoth. Yeah. I guess we were both, we were both talking about this a little bit before the program started. I think we're both very shocked to see this happen. And I think, well, there, there's, I, I, I have not reached out to anyone to try to figure out, you know, what the thing is. So this is just speculation. But it's like, uh, what's happening there? What's happened? What, what happened with that relationship between him and the organization? That's the thing. Like it, it feels like there's more to meet the eye with something like this. Like when you were trading away somebody who was very much a fan favorite uh, since last season. And, like, it's not like he's a major – he's not a point producer. He's on the fourth. Right. Point blank. And I do wonder if maybe that's part of it. Maybe they're trying to go away from the enforcer, not because of him, like anything regarding him, but just because they are on a playoff – Put, oh, championship push right now, and maybe they're maybe they're uh, making room for someone who can actually develop more points. It's not at all impossible, um, but also, why he's also not the the, the youngest person. He's I mean he's thirty seven. He's going to be thirty eight this year. So, yeah, I, 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 you know, there's quite a couple like little questions that could be asked, and I mean, just the whole the whole kind of uh, response to this, but with the fans, I mean, you can go and and look at kind of Facebook and like the reaction to the entire thing. I mean, fans were not happy with this move, and yeah, even though again, be very honest, again, he's a more he's a person who's there for uh, enforcement. And someone who who does have three assists, so uh, you have that. But it's like, you know, 
it, it, it kind of, you know, it's such a fan favorite, but at the same time, possibly there, there's just playoff cuts and stuff like that. I mean, but you got to bat, there's a balance because you're at the same time you're trying to sell tickets. It's like, what is this possibly a still, kind of thing? I mean, that's not an issue for a team like Columbus, to that's be fair. True, but still. And they still have plenty of, like, I would say organization faces, you know. That's why I don't really think this is much of an issue. I think it's more. I think it's more so what's going on with Smith. I think that's how I'm interpreting this. I almost want to say he's about to retire. Mm-hmm. I, so? That's my little. That's my little speculation. I'm wondering, if, like I said, he's 37, about to turn 38. Um. And I do wonder if maybe he's starting to go on, like, like, like we you whether you or me that just brought this up before the show, we we wonder if he's even going to report. Uh yeah, because uh, I was I was just I was looking for stats, and he again this could just be Fed websites being slow, um. Uh, because he was not on the Elmira roster, he's still in the Columbus roster uh, yeah, on the website. So, let's see here. I mean, to be fair, even uh, Elite Prospect still has them under Columbus, and they're pretty fast with that stuff. Yeah. So, I, I'm not, I don't I don't want to speculate on that because I don't want to cause any harm in relations by based on speculation on that front. So, I that's I'm just gonna say. Probably just you know just something we were kind of talking like before the show, but I mean that's a very very low possibility that that happens. Yeah, it's low, but I mean it's still just really wild. And plus, it's not even like they didn't even get anything right now from Elmira. It was for the good old uh, future considerations. Yeah. So, I mean, it's very, it's very clear that this was basically either this was either grass is greener on the other side kind of trade or Columbus just basically needed him uh, off the roster for some reason. Also, a little funny thing, I like how Columbus used the uh, temporary Elmira Mammoth logo. <laughs> yeah, on their uh, Facebook post, it's like, yeah. oh, well, haven't seen that logo for a the, little bit. The Clemson Tiger Paw. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, the other the uh, the other. Uh, uh, logo from the internet. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and start looking at those Fed standings while we're talking about Columbus. Still in the number one spot, 88 points at the moment on a two-game win streak uh, over uh, Delaware, which let's talk about that a little bit, actually, because Delaware did also get themselves in the news. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah. What the hell? Okay, to be fair, Saturday's game was more like what we expected, but what the hell? Like they actually got a few points off of Columbus. What the hell? Okay, but but I, I think here's the, here's the part everyone wants to talk about. Delaware just absolutely complaining about officiating on their Facebook page. Again, we we both know oh, who runs oh, that account. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Ooh, I see. Here, here's the thing. I like I was actually really angry about this myself. Okay, it's all right. Those, go ahead. Because you know somebody. I'm not gonna say their name. Actually. I don't always agree with this person. Most of the time, I really don't. But in this situation, I do kind of agree. Why can an organization say stuff like that? But if a player does that, they're going to get in massive trouble. 
Mm. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. That is that is a very good that, point I have to agree with. Like that should be a, like a blanket yes or a blanket no. There's no there shouldn't be any gray area because oh it's an organization. No, no, no. That like uh, that, I, I just need to say that because I've seen players get in trouble for stuff they've said on social media regarding like refs or a team and the fact that the Delaware Thunder organization can make a post like that and not get in trouble. They've made multiple posts. To, to, and that's yeah. it's like, really? How is that okay? If you, if you aren't okay with that, then why are you okay with this? I, I think we know why, Mark. We, I think we both know why. <laughs> Should we leave that one up to the up to the yeah, listeners? Let's do that. Yeah, we both know why. It, it doesn't take a genius to figure that one out. I'm sure we're gonna get yelled at behind the scenes for that comment. <laughs> right, that's your comment. That's your comment, for, Yeah. For once, you, for once, you uh, be the one yelled, yelled at. Uh, make sure uh, you yell. What the hell? Like, okay, I know what part of it is. Columbus actually kind of got goaltendered a little bit. Yeah, they did. <laughs> that's that's the crazy part because. Both the on Friday and Sunday they got goaltendered. Now Delaware did blow it at the end of the of the Sunday game. They had a lead going into the final two minutes, and they lost in a in a shootout. Yeah, they did. But to be fair, they still won in the shootout on Friday, which is still like what the hell? Yeah, it's it's kind of just like a wild little thing where it's like, oh, okay, that that happened. It, it did. Like you know? like we were mentioned. I was mentioning it last week. Like Delaware, congratulations on your winning streak. Here, here's a three game trip to Columbus. So you're you're smoked. No, they actually held their own for a couple of those games. Yeah, they did. What? Uh, I, I I think I unfortunately though, it's a scenario where it's kind of a little, a little bit too late to do anything. But it's like, yeah, okay, but, well, they 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 they, were, they had the strength at one time. <laughs> well, Del- well, we've been mentioning at Delaware like all season. It feels like they are not as bad as their records suggest. It really did. Like, cause they were having so many close games. Yeah. So many close games, but we're never on the winning end of those games, no matter what. And it was just weird. But now all of a sudden, like, Oh, here's three more wins for you in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Just, just something you always, it's always going to things like, Oh, you always wonder if it would be just a little different at what it would be like. Uh, but let's talk about Carolina. They've been all like, I like to point out Delaware. There was a record the last 10 games is three, six, and one. They are not the worst team in the last 10 games. That's a different team. We'll, we'll talk about that team later. Yeah. Uh, but Carolina, of course, before you interrupted me. <laughs> uh, so again, three game win streak, uh, eight, one, and one in the last 10. I mean, I hate saying this, but I think I might have been wrong about this team. Eat crow, eat crow, eat no. crow, eat no. crow. They're going to blow in the playoffs. I can feel it. No, here's the thing. You want to know something crazy now? So if you go off a of winning percentage, which, like, with still how many games are, like, kind of spread out, I think it's a good idea. Um, Carolina's tied for the, sec- for the second best record in the league. With Binghamton, not Danbury, Binghamton. We'll get into that little quirk later, but yeah, Carolina, uh, 27, eight and two, 78 points and a seven Oh three winning percentage. Woo. 
remember when I said earlier this season when Columbus and Carolina were playing against each other quite a bit, and then Carolina won most of those games? Yeah. That Columbus, you're, you could be very much regretting those weekends. Uh, those weekends are coming. I feel like the consequences of those weekends is starting to show. Maybe. Maybe. I, I, here's the thing. I'm going to say this. There's definitely a, a chance, a small one to be fair, but still a chance Carolina jumps over Columbus before the end of the season. I don't know. I, I, I might disagree. I mean, to be one. fair, Columbus has had issues dealing with Delaware. Yeah. All right. So let's go and let's talk about Port Huron. Um, man, this team's weird. I, I don't get this team. They're literally okay. 0.500 in their last 10. They always feel like it's always like, okay, we're going to be, we're going to be the average team this year. Uh, okay. Honestly, I feel like we could just talk about both Michigan teams like that. I You can copy and paste it. They're both weird. They're both about 500, like a little over 500, but like, Almost 500 or the last 10. They they beat each other up a lot. We're like, oh, here's here's Port Huron versus Motor City. And actually, uh, oh, they're not playing this weekend. I think that was last weekend. But it's like, yeah, let's see. Port Huron won on Saturday. On Saturday and, of course, it's not showing me what. Oh, right. That second was weird, too. Uh, but anyway, Port Huron and Motor City are just... The two Michigan teams are very much the same, but in different ways. Port mm. Huron, I still say, is stronger, but it's not impossible for Motor City to still jump them for the third seed right now. And that's exactly what it is now. They're not going to... These two teams are not going to jump over Carolina or Columbus. Mm. This, this is more so about for the third seed. Yeah, I mean point. that that interesting choice. So with Motor City, I guess, I mean they're very similar, like you said with you know Port Huron. I I guess my question is, do you see they're, they're only four points behind Port Huron? Do you see that this could be a, a complete battle to the end of the season four? That oh for- yeah, because especially since Motor City's played two less games. I mean, those two games, they could jump Port Huron. Yeah. So, I mean. I, mm. I was what, I, 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 I'm starting to think, I think that hasn't the, the, they played the majority of their the games between each other at this point? I'm not sure. I would have to I go back and played, I know they played a lot. I think they played, they played, yeah, they played a lot against each other. I mean, other. the first game of the season was against them, so. Well, uh, to be fair, though, to be fair. They're also the two Michigan teams, so of course this schedule's going to be like, oh, we're going to just uh, put them here, and, and oh, like it's not like oh, like like oh, they're just like across the state from each other. No, they're forty five minutes away each. Yeah, one. no, they're they're insanely close to each other. No, yeah. they play Port Huron. Uh, let's see, uh, up oh, just two more times. Ah, well, and yeah. it's going to be a home and home on Friday and Saturday, March thirty first and April first. Oh, that's early in the season. Dude. That that could be determined third. Yeah, that's going to be. No, it's funny. After that, uh, Motor City plays four more games, and they're all against Mississippi. <laughs> well, speaking of Mississippi, three-game losing streak, unfortunately, but they're also five and five in the last ten. I, Mississippi I, had a frustrating weekend against Carolina. Yeah. They, yeah, they actually did. played it close with Carolina, but then just 
kind of faltered. Yeah, that's. A, that's I a know. First statement. I've seen a person at a spot that we kind of hang out in, and uh, they were just so done. Yes. They were done. <laughs> yeah. It, it was like, oh, oh. I feel bad. Hey, okay. Okay. Genuine question at this point, though. Do you think there is a chance that Delaware jumps Mississippi for the, for the, uh, to get out of last place in the league? Uh, no, no. I, I, I think mm. Mississippi is the better team. And they're going to, that's probably going to solidify it. They actually play on the 10th of March. Yeah, mm, I, I'm very curious. I'll be very curious. I want to kind of see because honestly, like both teams have actually started to get a little bit better now late in the season. I know too little, too late kind of deal, but it it's intriguing to see, and I'll, I'll be kind of interested in that matchup in mm. March because. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let's start talking about the Empire teams. Uh, with starting with Danbury, so Ooh. they're on. A, they they only played one game this weekend, but they won their game in a shootout over Watertown. Uh, otherwise, kind of just the same with how uh, we see things in Danbury. Yeah, Danbury. Uh, it's kind of the same deal. Like they're six three one in the last ten. Uh, one or two straight. Uh, bear, barely, and I do mean. Barely hold it on to that division lead. Yeah. Because here's the thing they play two more games than Beamton. They have four more points, but that winning percentage is lower than Beamton. Yeah. But again, so, like we said, Denver's played two more games. So who knows? It's two games, a lot can happen in two games. Yeah. But but that, mean, that gives Beamton a couple extra games to jump them. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but so, Mary does need to kind of have you know kind of pray that Beanton has a bad stretch and they lose a couple in a row. Yeah, they. I, it's going to be a dogfight for that Empire top seed. It's, it is for the rest of the season. Like, so I guess let's kind of like how. Okay, can we talk about? We'll, we'll actually no. I'll I'll wait on this, but when we get to the other teams in this division, but there's something I really want to point out. All right, well, let's quickly go over Beanton, even though we kind of just talked about them. Uh, Second best uh, ten game record in the league with seven and three. I mean, again, crazy. Uh, like Mark said, that these two teams are going to be kind of duking it out for that top spot. Like, I think everyone kind of knew they were. I don't think people thought it would go on this long, and I'm very shocked about that part. So, oh yeah, like I thought you would think a team would pull away. You would think a team would pull away at some point, but no. Like it's just they like. They like yin and yang over here, just can't pull away from each other. Yep. All right. So then let's talk about Watertown. Uh, four, four, and two in their last 10. Actually, uh, kind of, to be fair, though, that's better than what they had been playing. And it's better than the other teams below them. <laughs> so, yeah. Like they're actually starting to prove that at a good time, too. But how long can they keep that up? Yeah. Well, actually, let's go. Let's go and start talking about Elmira because again, they're, they're the teams that have been kind of uh, going for that third seed. And at, right now, uh, Elmira has thirty-nine games played and forty points. Watertown has thirty-seven games played and forty-two points. Yeah, kind of an opposite situation of Denver and Beaverton, where yeah. the team with less games played actually has more points this time. So definitely advantage Watertown there. Um. But this is what I wanted to point out. In the 
first in both divisions, the first and second seeds are trying to duke out for that top seed. And in both divisions, the third and fourth seed are trying to duke it out for the third seed. Like there's a clear like duel going on. Like there's four duels going on for seedings in the Fed right now. Mm-hmm. And then the it, last place team just there. They're, <laughs> they're just there. Well, speaking of last place, uh, Delaware. To be fair, though, Delaware has not been playing like a last place team lately. They've been That's actually, true. The, Elmira has a worse record in the last 10. Yeah. I, I, that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Just like something you got to look at. All right. Uh, they, they've went from, they went from five points to 14 points pretty fast. Yeah, they did. Which is very odd uh, to say the least. Congratulations, Delaware. You finally got out of the Battle Creek shadow. <laughs> Well, you finally did. You, so you were worrying us for a while. Yeah. So speaking of teams that are in shadows, uh, Peoria is uh, still first place in the SPHL, sixty-two points, three-game winning streak. Uh, I, as a Peoria fan, Mark, you have to be happy about that one. I'll say this: Macon literally brought the big guns in for this past weekend. Uh, they went and signed an ECHL level goaltender in Josh Boyko. And then as soon as the weekend got done, he got called back up to the ECHL. Yeah. <laughs> you just, because you know, Boyko is the only reason, especially on Saturday, that they were even in that game. Mm. He, dude, oh, he was giving us fits. And he's saying Boyko was in a Riverman sweater earlier in the season. So we know how good he is. Yeah. I mean, I guess my question is right now, Peoria, can they can they keep up this momentum again? Three game winning streak, eight and two in the last ten. This weekend is going to be telling. They actually, I believe, if I've done the math correctly, Peoria has a chance to clinch the playoffs this weekend. Will they have to like uh, win all three games? No, no, no. They, uh, I think what it is 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 if they win the next two games in regulation, so they just need to be. Quad City in regulation on Thursday, which is a big one because that'll give a four-point difference. Yeah. Because that's the team they need to, like, set out from their spot. If they beat Quad City in regulation on Thursday and then beat Evansville in regulation on Friday, that that's the issue. This weekend they're playing Evansville, and Evansville's been, the like, the one northern team to really give them fits. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like gotta, a lot of other teams have not really given them fits, but Evansville has been the one that consistently give them trouble. So hmm. I don't know why Huntsville and Knoxville didn't give us trouble, but Evansville, I don't know why. <laughs> There's always that one team. Well, speaking of one team, uh, Birmingham, just if we're again, okay, uh, if question. We're are we going to do question? Yeah, that's the thing. Are we doing points or percentage? Well, if you're looking at points, Birmingham's in second, but if you're looking at percentage, the third in second. So yeah. Uh, I guess we'll see. Oh, you know, no, here's the thing. They have basically the same record, just a couple different games played. They have the same amount of wins. Yeah. Um, so I guess your thoughts on, uh, let's just talk about these two teams together again, same state. So uh, what's the difference in some people's minds? Uh, I, I, I think both these teams had very good weekends. Huntsville, especially, they're, they're on a possible start of a streak. Uh, I guess my question is for Mark, do you think that either of these teams could? Uh, quickly reach a point of clinching. Well, Peoria, uh, who is nine, ten points ahead of Huntsville and Birmingham, uh, 
could clinch this weekend. So maybe in the next, like maybe not this weekend, but next weekend. I'm not sure. I, I feel like it's more likely maybe next weekend, but just because I feel like a lot would have to go right for it to have a chance this weekend, mm-hmm. if it's even possible at all. I haven't looked at quite. Well, I'm not talking this weekend, but like I'm talking about like a, a timetable of like I think it's very possible Huntsville next uh, weekend. By... I feel like it's possible next weekend. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna give him two extra weeks. I'm gonna say Huntsville well, by I mean, mid March. Gloria, if Quasi goes on a losing streak, that again, like, if they get cold again, uh, and with teams like Huntsville and Birmingham, it's very possible they could do it next week. Hmm. That's the I don't thing know. You have I'm, to I'm saying two That's weeks. the thing you got to remember. It's not even just them having the win. If Quasi loses, that's points. That's uh, closer to a clinching spot as well. Yeah, that's true. So, with those factors in mind, because that's why I was saying Peoria Quad City play this weekend on Thursday. Um, that's a four point swing if Peoria wins that. It, it is. I just am kind of thinking about that actually right now. So let's talk about two other teams. Roanoke and Knoxville will just kind of do packages, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, uh, they- so, I guess two teams that are also extremely close. Uh, Roanoke is has- kind of opposite spectrums right now in directions. Uh, yeah, because Roanoke has not been having a great uh, past couple mm. weeks, and then Knoxville has been kind of rocking and rolling. I guess your thoughts on these two teams? Uh, Roanoke, Roanoke, what? Uh, I'm trying to figure. So I think I can see a little bit of the issue with Roanoke offense production. While their goal team, their their goal against average is second best in the league, and actually may be the best, actually given they played two less games than Peoria. Yeah, actually, that probably is the best. But anyway, uh, but a one twenty uh, no, actually, no. But anyway, uh, but only 126 goals. Only 126 goals. That is seventh in the league mm. for total amount of goals. Wow. So that's a little bit concerning. That's a little. That seems to be a little concerning. They're not like a penalty-driven team, surprisingly, given what they were like last year. Like they're kind of middle of the pack when it comes to the penalty minutes. Um, and I don't know. Like Roanoke teams, you would think they would figure out a way to get out of the slump, but they, you bet, they better hope. Like. They've almost doubled their like regulation losses in the last ten games. Yeah, that's how I, off the slump is. That is, I, I think that's kind of a team like can, can Roanoke possibly is Roanoke and one they're possibly entering like the big tailspin part where we actually start to see them really drop. And then I guess well, the question is, can they pull out of this? That's the thing, and with this becoming like the and like when. Second through six is like so close. That yeah. kind of losing skid can really mess you up. Well, speaking of those teams, let's talk about the two airplane teams in this league. Yeah, Pat, uh, Evan, I really want to talk about Pensacola. Like, we'll talk about Evansville first, but yeah, but Evansville, Evansville, Evansville like, there's something to talk about with Evansville. Five game winning streak at the moment. Yeah, and again, concerning going into this weekend for Peoria. Yeah, so uh, I guess let's, let's talk about Evansville first, then Pensacola. So Evansville, again, five-game winning streak, like I just said. They're currently at 48 points, point, uh, 0.615 winning percentage. 
uh, I guess how 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 do you approach like th- this is a team that possibly entering another overperformance phase. We it's a team we both think at uh, the best average, but they seem had to have overperforming moments. Is this another one of those moments where it's happening again? I don't know. I really don't know. Evansville is just a weird team. They are a weird team, but it's not impossible for like they are still. They put themselves now back in a spot where they could compete with the other two to five teams, like the second through fifth place teams above them. Like they put themselves back in that spot where previously they would have been closer to to uh, Pensacola than anything. So, Evansville, mm-hmm. uh, they'll they have their work cut out for them this weekend, but this will be a good test. I think this is going to be a big test for both Peoria and Evansville this weekend. Yeah, that's that that's a big one. And this is about Pensacola. They lose a game this weekend, but they're 7-2-1 in the last 10. Yeah, they, they've gone hot at, a right, at the right moment. They've gone high at the right moment because, uh, although like they weren't in trouble of lo- losing the playoff, like losing the playoff spot at this point, I wouldn't say that. But they've like they played three less games than Fayetteville right now. They have three more points, so it's really helped their percentage. Which the SPHL still has not announced what they're doing with certain things from the whole saga. <laughs> um. But I'm gonna guess if you ha- that percentage right now is huge, like to have that better of a percentage. So Pensacola, like I said, is getting hot at the right time. When Fayetteville is also like floundering some, um, I'm I'm a little concerned. You know, as a team near the at the top, and I mean Huntsville's near the top as well. I think we should be a little concerned. Ooh, you think so, huh? I mean, Peoria just played them last week, and it didn't turn out that great. That's true. We, they split, so I mean, yeah. All right. Well, then let's talk about um, Fayetteville. Kind of Huntsville's been playing them recently a lot, and uh, one of the worst past ten game records. I mean, you look at that. Yeah, they, it's the least amount of runs. I mean, not least amount of points, mind you, because they have four. They actually, damn, four overtime losses. Four yeah. post-regulation losses. Actually, no, they're all overtime losses. What the hell? So keep that in mind for the playoffs for any team that may play Fayetteville. Uh, if you take it to overtime, they they apparently have issues. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's I mean it's a fair point. Not just like oh, haha, bad in overtime goes. I mean, again, you know, the five minute three on three period to end the game. And here's thing, kind of, it, yeah, here's the thing. The SPHL website shows if it's an overtime loss or a shootout loss. They have six overtime losses and none in a shootout. So, yeah, uh, makes me very uh, curious, huh? That's a odd little quirk there. It is. Uh, and then let's uh, let's kind of wrap up with these two Quad City first. I mean, three and seven in the last ten. There, there, there's a good chance they might be out of the playoffs. Not nothing yet, but there's they're starting to look down the barrel of that. I mean, for Quad City fans, especially, I I, I think everyone thought they they were the team this year and. Expectations quickly I mean, I, went down. I'll eat that crow. I thought they were too. Uh, we both, we both, I'll eat yeah, that crow. Awesome. Thing, like, we both were on that train. I had, well, you didn't have them winning the cup. I did. 
Well, I had I had them going to the finals. I thought it was going to yeah. be Quad City Huntsville, which I still think the Huntsville part looks pretty true, but still. Quad, I, I just there's so many issues that have arisen with this team. Like, if you would have go back to like earlier November and saying this, people would have looked at you like you were crazy. Yeah. Like it's just insane. Okay, okay. Actually, I want to point out a stat that I realized before this weekend. Uh, before, because they actually took a game from Roanoke uh, at home today uh, on Sunday. So that was the first time that they had beaten a non-Vermillion County Bobcat team. Like the first time they've won a home game against a team that wasn't a Vermillion County Bobcats since like early mid-November. Mm-hmm. And yeah. first time they they've been any team that wasn't really kind of Bobcats in any situation since like early mid December. Mm-hmm. That's how bad Quad City has been lately. The so, only reason that they act it, it's sad when okay some I'm going to actually bring in a little bit of this too. People are like, oh, Peoria plays Vermilion County so much. Quad City literally has most of their wins because of Vermilion County. <laughs> they, that's the only reason they're even in this playoff, like anywhere close to a playoff spot right now. Yeah. that's And that's scary. How yeah. in the last couple months, they can't do squat against any other team, hardly so. They gotta figure that out. They gotta figure that out fast. They did. They made a good little progress on Saturday when they beat Roanoke. Like that's that was huge because that's the first time we've seen something like that in months. Yeah, and uh, that, I think that, that's a very fair point. So again, concerning, uh, but hopefully, who knows? Maybe what if that's the spark that like turned them around? Yeah, that would be funny. And for a team like Fayetteville right now, who's sputtering that's the last thing you want to hear it is uh so, and then i guess one last team of course Macon. uh yeah. they, they, they have one, actually, good, they they one good player and then he's already gone well again this is a team that is you know uh again i they didn't have the greatest start of the season but you know they surprisingly picking things up i'm, I'm kind of glad to see that you know maybe they'll go out with a bang and uh, maybe they'll they'll put some teams down along the way uh, okay, you know, I'm going to say what I think about this team, and this is, and I think this is actually on the coach, but it's because of the coach's style. This isn't a team built to win. This is a team made to advance players. The amount of call-ups that Macon has had this season is eerily reminiscent to how the Vermillion County Bobcats were last year under Nick Neger's, uh coaching. Hmm. If there, so I think this is more of a, if there's a call up, he has them take it. I, I, I don't know. I, I can't confirm that. So that's, uh, that's March speculation. I, I don't exactly. I, it is, that but, I mean, it's, but it is curious that like both teams have high rates of call ups. Hmm. Like under, under him. Well, still, that's it for this week's episode of Two Minutes of Roughing. I, of course, have been your host, Miley Rando, joined by me with Mark the Prospector. Mark, where can everyone find you on social media? 
you can find me on Twitter at Prospector Hockey. That's Pros- Prospector H-C-K-Y. All right. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter at MyLeagueRandom, not too hard. Just type it up in the search bar and you enjoy the follow. All right. That's been it for this week's episode. We'll see you guys next week. Same time, same place. But until then, enjoy yourselves. Mm-hmm. <sighs>